You're listening to Matt Walsh On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. Well, as as many people predicted, the ranks of the so-called never-Trumpers dwindle more and more with each each passing day. And although when when, when, uh, Donald Trump first became the presumptive nominee, there were Many people saying, I'll never support him. I'll never support him. Um, it only took really a few days for probably 60% of them to change their minds. And as I said in something that I wrote maybe three or four days after that point, uh, I said, by, you know, give it another few weeks. Um, certainly by the time the general election really kicks into high gear, there's going to be almost nobody left who will say, among conservatives anyway, who will really oppose Trump and say, look, I'm not going to vote for, for either and continue to make all of the, the points and, 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 and to make the case that many of us have been making for months. There will be almost nobody. Almost no, but almost. There will still be a few. I'll be in that few. But I know that it will be an increasingly unpopular position. And it will probably lose me, you know, readers and, and everything else. I'm aware of that. So... Even though I'm very firm in my in my uh, in my decision, my point of view here, I still read. You know, there there are there are some conservatives that I respect whose opinions I respect. That's a talk about dwindling numbers. There's a, a dwindling number of, of people in that category, unfortunately. But there are still some that I do, and uh, some of them support Trump, not enthusiastically, but they've looked at the the situation and they're following their conscience and they, they conscience and they really believe they really think this is what they must do. They hate it. They don't like it, but they really think this is what they must do. And I can still respect a conservative who comes to that. I think it's the wrong decision, but I can respect a conservative who arrives at that conclusion, who arrives at the conclusion very reluctantly, very hesitantly, uh, with great, um, regret and says, I, I must support Trump, even though I despise everything he stands for, because I really believe that Hillary Clinton is that much more is that much worse. And so it's a lesser of two evils and so on and so forth. I think that's the wrong mentality, but I can still respect someone who has that mentality because I believe that an intelligent and sincere person in the conservative movement could arrive there. I can see how they could arrive there. Okay. As opposed to um, conservatives who are enthusiastic about Donald Trump and have been from the beginning and have been shilling for, for him for him from the beginning. That is not defensible. It's not understandable. And, uh, and I cannot respect, particularly conservative thought leaders, so-called, who are in that camp, I cannot respect them as, as conservative leaders anymore. I cannot and do not for many reasons that I've highlighted. But among the people that I respect who are in the reluctant Trump supporter camp now, uh, Dennis Prager. And so he wrote 
um, something in the National Review called A Response to My Conservative Never Trump Friends. And he goes through, and he's a very reluctant Trump supporter. Okay, Uh, that's the defensible kind. But he goes through his reasons for why, you know, we have to put aside so-called ideological purity and uh, and just go ahead and, and, and support Trump. But there are a few things that he says in here that I want to respond to, not not, you know, specifically to him, but just these are common arguments that I've heard from conservatives in general, but especially when it comes to the Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton conundrum. So there are two things in particular, two points that he makes that I want to respond to. The first one, he says, it seems to me that the never Trump conservatives want to remain morally pure. I understand that temptation. I have it too. But if you wish to vanquish the bad, it is not possible, at least not on this side of the afterlife, to remain pure. Uh, He then goes on to give a compelling example of of a woman that he interviewed at some point recently, I think. Uh, by the name of uh, Irene Opdyke, I think. And she's a, a religious Catholic woman from Poland who became the mistress of a married Nazi officer in order to save the lives of 12 Jews she had hiding in the cellar of the Nazi's house in Warsaw. And he gives that as an example of someone who, on the surface, appeared to be committing a serious sin, that is adultery and fornication. But beneath that, she was trying to save lives. Um, and he says, in my view, and I believe the, most, the view of most Catholics and other Christians, she brought glory to her God and her faith by, by doing this, talking about the Catholic woman. Why? Because circumstances, this is the important part, circumstances almost always determine what is moral, even for religious people such as myself who believe in moral absolutes. With the two things there. It is not possible if you want to vanquish the bad to remain pure. And circumstances always determine what is moral. These are the two points. That honestly, and, and again, with all, with all respect to Dennis Prager, who I, who I, uh, who I think is brilliant, um, but I was surprised to see, and, I'm, and, I, and I've been increasingly surprised to see certain conservatives making these kinds of points. Because for, for very intelligent people, these are, these, are, these are positions that are beneath them. I mean, these are left-wing positions. Not only left-wing positions, but uh, the defining positions of of leftism, of, of liberalism. Particularly that, that, that circumstances determine what is moral. Another way to phrase that, circumstances determine what is moral. What is moral is relative to circumstances. Another way to phrase that it means exactly the same thing. What is moral is relative to circumstance. That is moral relativism. That's what that is. By definition, by definition, that's what moral relativism is. That what is moral changes depending on the situation and also depending on the person. Now, of course, Dennis Prager and other conservatives, they don't mean it in that sense. 
that we as individuals based on our own you know emotional state can decide what's moral they're not make they're not saying that and that is certainly the more dangerous and probably more ubiquitous form of moral relativism but the form where circumstances determine what is moral um that is also moral relativism it's it's also dangerous i thought it was really interesting that he refers to the temptation to remain morally pure the temptation like it's a bad thing like it's something that we should reject like it's almost a weakness to succumb to it to be morally pure now it's true that no human being is morally pure um it's also true that it can be a temptation to want to appear morally pure to others in a, in a fraudulent and narcissistic uh, prideful way that's a temptation but the desire to be morally pure even if you cannot fully follow through on it because you're a weak sinful person like all the rest of us that's not a that's not a temptation that's a good thing that's that's uh to pursue that is what we should be doing we should all be pursuing moral purity even if we are pursuing it imperfectly that's what we should be doing and when i say pursuing it imperfectly i mean we have the uh, the goal of moral purity off in the distance and, and that's what we're, we're traveling to maybe we fall, maybe we don't get there all the way sometimes we we trip along the way and we don't we don't make it all the way there but that's still the goal the destination whether we fall into a you know trip over an obstacle or fall into a pit along the way that's different but that's still the destination we cannot what we what we can't do is try to sort of stand off at a distance and and kind of throw a lasso around it and drag it closer to us so we don't have to travel as far that's what we can't do and that essentially appears to be the argument that prager and other conservatives are making in this case when it comes to donald trump that look we can't it's it's too unrealistic uh it's it's too far off in the distance so we got to just shoot up we have to we have to shoot a little we have to shoot for something a little closer. Okay, that's what they're saying. We can't shoot that far this time. Which is different than saying, let's shoot that far, and if we don't make it, you know, okay. Which is what someone might be saying if they say, uh, I can't support Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. Uh, I'm going to get behind a third-party candidate. I'm going to write somebody in, still participating in the democratic process. Now, that's probably not going to work. Okay, this, it, it, it probably will not result in that candidate actually being president. But the person who makes these calculations and says, you know, I want to, quote unquote, remain morally pure, that is make the moral choice. That's what they do. And, and, and it, it might not work out, but that's that's where they're trying to go. As opposed to other people say, ah, you're not going to make it. Let's just go here instead. But we can't do that. Now, look, if, if you want to make the case, and, and here's my point. If you want to make the case that voting for Donald Trump is not a moral compromise, in fact, um, that, that, that uh, it is in itself a moral choice objectively, if you want to make that case, then make that case. That's a different case to make. What I'm responding to, and I don't, I don't really agree with it, but... If that's how you feel, if that's where your conscience is leading you, then make that case. But don't make the case that, you know what, this is a moral compromise, um, but we should do it anyway because. That's the case. That's what troubles me. 
And in the end, it's the same thing. You have someone who makes the case that this is the moral choice. And so let's do it. Someone else who makes the case that this is not really the moral choice, but we have to do it because so on and so forth. They're both doing the same things, but I'm only really troubled by the per- by the latter person. Because that's moral relativism. So let's just address, you know, putting Donald Trump aside. Um, putting Donald Trump aside. Let's first talk about these, these two points. Uh, if you want to vanquish the pad, it's not possible to remain pure. I just... I just, again, it's a, it's a surprising statement, really, given the, the source. It's a very surprising statement. If you want to vanquish the bad, it's not possible to remain pure. That's just not true. <laughs> In fact, you cannot vanquish the, the bad unless you strive to remain pure. But if you embrace evil in your own mind if if you compromise if you say I'm, I'm i'm not going to strive for purity then you cannot vanquish the bad you've joined it good vanquishes bad that's the only not not good and sort of bad good vanquishes the bad this is a you know what what, what we're dealing with here is, a, is an ends justify the means argument but the, the reason why you can't do ends justify the means because the end has to be good that's in the end the end is also for 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 someone who is a, a, a you know a religious for someone who's a Christian or Jew. Um, our goal is to do good, and to do good for its own sake. That's always our goal. That's what we're striving for: is to do good in in every situation, no matter how difficult. And honestly, in this culture, uh, although. Religious people are believers are attacked all the time in different ways, but it's usually relatively easy to do the right thing, you know, for most people in most situations on a day to day basis it takes effort, but it's relatively easy to both do the right thing and to figure out what the right thing is in most cases. And we all still fall short because I, I know I do all the time because I'm so weak, but still, it's still easy. Um, but our goal, but even in a really difficult situation, complicated, complex situation, our goal is still to do good for its own sake. Not as a means, but just for its own sake, because good is good. And that's what we should do. Just like our goal should be to speak truth, to represent the truth for its own sake, because it's true for no other reason than because it's true. All of the other advantages we get into, does, that's almost besides the point. Truth for truth's sake, good for good's sake. So the point is um, to do evil because you want to bring about a good result. Well, it doesn't work because you've already done evil. You've already, the, the goal is, is good. And the moment you start doing evil, you have not reached the goal. Not to mention good cannot spring for, evil cannot itself give birth to good. Now God can use all things to bring about his will, that's correct. But we ourselves cannot plant a seed of evil and expect ourselves to grow a good from it. We can't do that. And besides, as I said, the goal is to do good. So the moment you stop doing good, you are not working towards the end, which is good. You're, go- you're going off in a different direction. So ends don't justify the means, and that's what this argument is. The ends justify the means. 
So rather than arguing that, yeah, we have to do this evil in order to bring about a good, what you should be arguing is that, well, it's not really evil actually at all. So you can make that argument. Or you have to accept that we just can't do this this way. As far as circumstances determining what is moral. No, that's, that's incorrect. What is moral is, uh, is, is absolute, universal, innate. Uh, almost always recognizable to, to, to any person. You know, moral truths are, even in complex situations... The moral truth is, is because it's innate, it's, it's, it's something that we can attain and understand through our reason in most cases. And so it's not dependent on circumstance. You have this thing that is good, that's right, that's moral. And it remains that way no matter what circumstances surround it. And in fact, the entire struggle of life, the, the whole point here is to continue to do good, to, to, to continue to do what is moral, even though the circumstances will always be complicated and often quite difficult. The moment we relent on that, and I don't mean the moment that we fall down and make a mistake because we all do that. But the moment that we, in principle, say, you know what? Sometimes what is moral, maybe it does change if the situation is difficult. The moment we say that, we've lost. We've lost everything that we should be fighting for. Everything. This is an argument I get into with, um, I don't know why I bother sometimes, but I get get into these arguments with the so-called alt-right, which is a phenomenon that you really only find on Twitter. But... This is a, you know, a collection of, of, of people who've decided that the right wing, you know, the, the non-liberals in America should have certain goals. And those goals should primarily be, you know, uh, focused around the borders and jobs and the economy. And that's all fine. Those are good goals. But what, what they've said, the sort of defining characteristic of this movement, if you can call it that, even though it only really exists on one social media platform, but the defining characteristic of this movement is that what, what they say is, you know what, in order to win, to achieve these goals, let's throw morality out completely. Let's play the game by the left's rules. You know, who cares about morality, social, cultural issues? Forget about all of that. And do whatever it takes, doesn't matter. Become whatever we have to become to make sure there's a fence built down on the border. Or that we bring bring jobs back to America or what have you. And what I always try to explain to them is, although that those goals are good, and I share those goals, but the what makes the left wing the left wing and, and what makes it so damaging and harmful to our society is that the left wing rejects morality and they try to invent their own. This, that's what the left wing is. That's what is supposed to differentiate the left wing from everyone else. They reject morality and try to invent their own for their own purposes. And it's the fact that our culture has embraced this mentality 
that has precipitated the decline of our civilization. All of these other things, even, you know, look at the borders or anything else, the economy. Those are all symptoms. They're not the cause. The fact that we have Mexicans coming into the country, that's, that's not the thing, the main thing that's destroying American culture. Because you can trace this back to the, to the, to the early 1900s and before that. This goes back much further. Really, it goes back to the dawn of time. But in our own culture, you know, if you want to look at when it really kicked into high gear, it's in the early 20th century. And, what, and, and the real problem is the rejection of morality. That's what the left wing is doing. That's their great project, their mission. To create a culture that rejects morality and to convince us to join it. So the moment that you say, okay, I'll join you, you lose. You, they've won. They've, they've just done everything they wanted to do. And now it's just a matter of arguing over the details. Because this other, you think they really care that much about, about you know, the average hardcore left wing? You think cares that much about immigration or whatever else? It's all about the moral issues. That's what they want to do. They want to get rid of the, our moral under, they want to live in a, in a utopia that is amoral, that, 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 you know, they have, there are no moral claims made on them or on their behavior. That's what they, that's the world they want to live in. Everything else is just, is almost irrelevant to them. And most of these other issues that really matter, the cultural issues, they matter because they are vehicles for this moral relativism for liberals. And that's why we have to engage. So you can't say, ah, the morality doesn't matter. Let's, but let's, you know, we need to get rid of it to fight, to fight the liberals. You get rid of it and you've joined them. You've joined them. They've won. It's surprising the number of people who don't understand this. And I think there are a lot of people who, who um, don't want to understand it because for us to be the defenders of moral truths you know it's kind of a it's a burden it's a responsibility um it's it requires sacrifice on our part and it makes a claim on us where we have to live that way and adjust our behavior accordingly because if we don't then we undermine our own point and so it's kind of scary and difficult to go out and be talking about moral truths all the time you open yourself up to being accused of you know being pretentious and holier than thou and all these things and nobody wants to have said about them So it's difficult, it's scary and frightening. And, and, I, and I think a lot of people look at that and they say, well, you know, let's argue about, let's talk about something else. This makes me uncomfortable. But it's not about that because just because you're arguing for moral truth, it doesn't mean that you're holding yourself up as a saint or even a good person. You can be a terrible person and still be correct when you talk about moral truths. Just like the biggest idiot in the world could still be, is still correct if they say two plus two equals four. I can say two plus two equals four. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not proposing that I'm not claiming to be because I say that doesn't mean I'm presenting myself as, as Albert Einstein. It just, it just means it's just, it's just true. I'm just telling you what's true. 
I'm an idiot with math otherwise, but even I can see that. And so I'm a weak and sinful person, but these moral truths are still true. I fall short of them all the time, but they're still true. I I can't tell you they're not true because they are. And so I think that's what we need to be defending. And in every issue, and with every issue, with every you know situation that we come across in our culture, that's what we have to be thinking about. We have to stick to the moral truths. No matter what, no matter where it leads, because the moment we compromise there, we already lose, no matter the result. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you uh, again next week. Akruche Salus. Godspeed, everybody.